This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. Welcome everyone to Rocks to Roots. This is our first episode. I'm your host, Hillary, and always joining me is the producer, Brennan Pointer. Hello, how's it going? Did I say your name right? Brennan Pointer, that's my name. Woo, I got it right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I am so excited for our first guest on this podcast. It is Vicki Carter. She is the director of the Spokane Conservation District. And she is going to tell us all about the Spokane Conservation District's function, give us a little history on conservation districts, and also tell us what's on the horizon for Spokane Conservation District's programs and departments. So I am very excited. Not to mention she's also just like the coolest person ever. Yeah, I, I, the conversation that we just had with her was so informative. I just learned so much about like what the conservation district is doing within the Spokane County. And it's amazing all the functions that it serves. And I, I didn't really know that the conservation district did this much. You actually have Vicky's resume in front of you. Yeah, I cannot believe that I'm like holding this piece of paper. I feel so honored to have this because... You know, I think I'm just going to use this as a roadmap for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a reason? Why do you have her resume? Is it something she just gives everyone? Like she just keeps it updated just in case, you know, this doesn't work out? No, I asked her for a (laughs) bio and she just and she sent me this. So I'm like I said, I'm honored to have it and to be looking at it. I'm so happy that she was able to come on our podcast and talk to us. Yes, me too. Well, let's get into it. Miss Vicki Carter, Spokane Conservation District Director. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Rocks to Roots. We are so excited to have you as our very first guest. And thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have busy days. And so we appreciate you being here to talk to us about the Spokane Conservation District. Oh, thank you, Hillary. I couldn't be more excited to be here. I am so proud of you and so proud of this podcast to come forth. Um, this is going to be one of those things we're going to look back on in the future as one of our, you know, our biggest moments. So I'm very excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you very much. I wouldn't be here without you. So, so Vicki, I really just want to jump into it. Can you give us about a two minute little history lesson on the conservation district and what it is and why it's important? Absolutely. And I thank you for asking that question, actually, um, because I think it's super important. And I will try to do it in two minutes, so set your timers. Um, But it is a long history. Um, So often people that do know the Spokane Conservation District know us for our tree sale. And I hope that we have an opportunity to touch back on that in our in our talk today. Um, But it's it's 
our roots, if you will, and no pun intended, um, are really the result of an environmental and natural disaster that occurred back in the late 20s and early 30s, and we know that today as being the Dust Bowl and the Dust Bowl era that came from that. And it started with the Homesteaders Act that removed, it encouraged landowners in the West to remove native prairie grasses and ground um, to put in monocultural crops like uh, wheat crops and and cereal crops. Um, And that was soon followed by some really severe droughts that hit the U.S. And across uh, the United States, especially the South and the Midwest, those droughts were devastating. And we ended up with these huge blizzards of soil that were rolling across the landscape. Uh, They ended up actually referring them to many of them as black blizzards because it was so dark it it darkened you know the daylight to where it looked like nighttime oh wow and these clouds were rolling and this was going on for years people were dying from this people lost you know all of their their land their cropland and it would just so happen that one of these black blizzards made a very timely um landing in Washington, D.C. in 1935, right when the congressional folks back there were actually signing legislation to form a federal agency called the Soil Erosion Service. Today, we know that as the Natural Resource Conservation Service, and they are certainly one of our uh, founding principal partners in the work that we do. But they also, during that time, realized the necessity for states to be able to authorize uh, a more local approach to conservation, knowing that each state is different, and quite frankly, each county is different. And then within each county, there are these microclimates and differences, too, that have to be recognized. So they wanted to really start this um, locally-led process where those people then could make the decisions that were best for the natural resources in that area. And that all centered initially around soil and water. As you know today, it's expanded into all of our natural resources. So that's really kind of the the quick history of, I don't know, how did I do? Was that two minutes? <laughs> that was, that was, that was really good, okay. actually. They're really close. Um, so, but taking it from there, um, Washington State, um, they enacted their legislation to authorize conservation districts in our state, I think, in 1939. And Spokane County had their first uh, conservation districts open in 1941. And we had four back then, and then in 1973, we consolidated those four into what we know today. Well, we were the Spokane County Conservation District, and in 2011, we changed that to just Spokane Conservation District. And that's who we are and how we're known today. And so we actually serve the entire Spokane County jurisdiction. Um, I might just add, um, since we're right here, that we are often confused with Spokane County being Spokane County government. And while we certainly consider them one of our partners and we do a tremendous amount of joint work together in areas, we are not county government and we're not even state government. So I don't know if you, we can talk about that a little bit more too if you want. But Yeah, no, I'd <laughs> love if you would expand on that. Yeah, so conservation districts, again, under their authorizing law, Um, which ours is RCW 8908 for any of those that are out there that just like to look things up. Um, Our law um, classifies us as a political subdivision of state government. And what that means is that we're authorized to operate via our state. So we're not a state agency, although there is a state agency that 
umbrellas us and is really a, um, a checkpoint for us. So we have to submit reports and um, documentation and all kinds of things like that to that entity. Um, but we're also, again, we're not a private sector. We're not a nonprofit or a private sector company. And so I always say we have one foot in the public sector and one foot in the private sector. And that makes us very unique. And it also makes us incredibly nimble, too, because we can do things that a state agency can't necessarily do all the time and which is why we're we make a great partner for a lot of them but it also enables us to do some things in the private world um, as you know more of an entity type than some of the private sector or some of the uh, pr- yeah private sector companies would have available so it's just this really we're just one of those oddities that um, are out there, um, but we have found a way. I think um, it's really cool the way conservation t- districts can work, and I think that Spokane Conservation Districts has found a, a really unique way to use that to our benefit for our resources, for our landowners, for you know, for what we want to do within the, the confines of our jurisdictional boundaries. So really be able to hone in on really what the needs are of Spokane County and the landowners here. Absolutely, and all of the natural resources. And, you know, we are so blessed with such a diverse landscape in this, um, in our particular county. In fact, I pulled some statistics. We have over uh, 1.1 million acres of land. We have over 500 miles of rivers, streams, and tributaries. 68 lakes within our yeah oh my gosh I've lived here my whole life and I did not know it was 68 lakes 68 lakes wow um and then we you know we're we also are home to over 500,000 people now in Mm -hmm. Spokane County or close to that so your conservation district is very important in the work that we do to, to be able to continue those those recreational opportunities as well as the economic benefits that our natural resources bring to our county. Yes, no, that sounds wonderful. So I'd like to dive in um, a little bit more about the Conservation District and all of the different departments that Mm. um, we have here and what they are really focusing on right now. Yeah, we, again, with the Spokane Conservation District, we're one of the larger districts in in Washington State. Um, going back to that history, there's over 3,000 conservation districts across the U.S. and its territories, and 39 uh, with 39 counties in Washington State, we have 45 conservation districts. So some counties, you remember I mentioned that we used to have four. Some counties do have multiples. Um, so again, Spokane uh, Conservation District as it sits now, we are one of the larger districts in Washington State. So our programming is is vast. We have um, we have so much that we can offer. We have uh, water resources. That's our largest department where we work with landowners and agencies in riparian health, in commodity buffer programs, in lake restoration. Um, we're working right now on a huge project out in Newman Lake. We do a tremendous amount of work um, through what we call our OSS program which is our um, on-site septic and sewer replacement and repair program. We also have a, a forestry department, which is really um, it's it's really unique to um, have 
a forestry department that deals with both urban forestry and then our forest health. And we were able to have both. We have two foresters full-time on staff. We have a fantastic program we use out of the Washington State Department of Natural Resources called FireWise, where we do these free home assessments for our landowners, advising them of what the risks of that may there may be out there, you know, during wildfire season. And we were really uh, lucky enough this year to implement a new program called the HIZ, which is the Home Ignition Zone. So it takes that assessment a step further to implementation. So that's a, that's a cool thing we get to offer our landowners. So not only are we able to say, hey, here's what you should do, but we can also say, hey, here's some potential funding that you might be able to get that done with. Oh, that is awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So that's the, that's production, or excuse me, that's forestry and water resources, but we also have production agriculture. We deal with small ag and big ag. So we have a program that's been running now for gosh, since 1995. Um, it's called the State Revolving Fund, and we offer low-interest loans to large ag producers that are looking for conservation tillage um, alternatives or options for their uh, practices. And uh, to date, we've put out, I believe we are somewhere around $26 million in the years that that program's been running. Ooh. Yeah. So there's some big, wow. yeah, some big dollars when you think about that. That one, um, I would say, is not just Spokane County. We started it here, and we had so many other of our partnering counties interested in it as far as conservation districts in those counties that we are in 17 other Washington counties and I believe two over in Idaho. Oh, that's great. So it's pretty extensive. In that department in production ag, we also have a great program. I hope you're going to get a chance to talk to them about biofarming, which is some of the, you know, newest stuff that's um, that's really coming out there in the way of uh, reduced chemical use on farms. And that's we're doing some exciting research on that right now. We've got a group of farmers that we're working with that are super passionate about it. We couldn't be more excited to get this program off the ground so to speak. Um, but we also work with our small egg landowners too. And, you know, we've, we've talked before that the conservation district has something to offer from the backyard to the back 40. And that's a lot where that comes from. We have a lot of uh, producers that as, as little as an acre of land or even a backyard, but certainly those that are in the, the 5, 10, up to 50 to 80 acres need assistance too. And we have programs available for that. We recently started a South Spokane Farm Corridor, which has just taken off like wildfire out in the the south area of Spokane County. And we're hoping to bring that to several other areas of Spokane County in the near future, including the valley, the north side, and hopefully the West Plains. We also, we host a a large educational department in in our office, environmental ed, but it's K through 12 and adult education. Do a lot of work in the schools when schools are in. Um, It's been a little tough this last year, but we'll get back to that. But we have some really, really fun, cool educational programs for kids. And then our adult educational programs are just a sellout every time we do a lot of backyard conservation there, rain barrel workshops, vermiculture workshops. Normally during the summers, during this time, we do a lot of teacher workshops. We have... um, We've always been a great resource for teachers to come in and get some of their CEUs that they need uh, for their continuing ed. And again, that hopefully we'll be back on uh, board with that in the, in the next school year. 
Uh, who am I forgetting? Let me see. We've got, oh, we have a, we also, um, for years we worked on a soil survey, and so we still maintain a small soil department where we do testing. Folks can bring in either garden or yard uh, samples to be tested, and we have an in-house lab. Again, just due to COVID, um, that's a little bit of a shutdown, but we'll we'll get back to that as well. Yes, we will. We'll get back and we'll get everything rolling again sooner than later, I hope. We'll get back and we'll get better. Yes, exactly. Wow. So yes, the conservation district departments are vast and there's lots and lots going on throughout the year. So what would you say are the top priorities for the Spokane Conservation District right now? Well, again, just kind of going back to our roots, Hillary, soil and water were all the roots of, of all conservation districts. And still today, those remain a priority. We've shifted a lot of that to what we now call soil health, and it's really rebuilding soil. We've spent years and years in industrial agriculture and where we've basically mined those soils from you know all the nutrients. And, and so through chemical application, we're able to continue to grow plants, but we're not building that soil. So this has become a nationwide priority for all conservation districts through our national offices. So I would say that soil is still our priority. And then, of course, water quality, because we can't grow good food uh, without good water. And as humans, I mean, that is something that we need for our very existence. So water quality and quantity, but we deal primarily with quality, will always be a priority for us. That's great. So what would you say are some of the barriers for getting some of these programs or projects that you mentioned on the ground? There's there's usually the initial barrier, I should say, is just the landowner, you know, how they've been approached. So if, if they've been approached in any kind of a regulatory or an enforcement uh, situation, they're, they're, they're going to be a little bit touchy and it's hard to break through to you know that barrier and we're often confused with who we are so for instance we are non-regulatory we have absolutely no enforcement authority whatsoever we're here to be a conduit or a liaison to the landowner to help them with technical and financial and educational resources when they've already been approached through some sort of regulation they are maybe already a little bit back on their heels and so they don't want anybody else knocking at the door so that can be a barrier more and more we're finding that through our programming that we've been able to do in the recent years like the commodity buffer program and our uh, rcpp program and firewise more and more people are coming to know who the conservation district is and that we really are here to help them so once we can break through that barrier, then of course the next one is funding, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and that's always the case. So we look for funding, uh, we t- t- again, to try to help the landowners to help incentivize them to do the, the right thing for their land and you know, for their, their situation. We can do that through a number of ways. Sometimes it's working with other uh, partnering organizations. Sometimes it's a grant that might be available. So um, there's times that we can we can we might have a grant available, and then we have to go look for the right landowner. Um, but there's other times that we have the willing landowner, and we have to go look for the right funding. So that you know, again, 
we're pretty successful. Our track record is is pretty good for the Spokane Conservation District to make those matches between landowners and those cost share dollars and uh, the the different uh, entities that have those funds available. But those would be probably be the biggest two barriers that I see. Okay, so let's talk about the funding a little bit more. So where is that money really coming from? Yeah, that's another great question. Um, and when, when I go out and do presentations with folks, um, that one always comes up because, again, of our entity type, right? When you go out and you're a private company, everybody knows where your money comes from. When we go out and we, we say we're not a state agency, it's like, well, then how are you funded? Where do you get your money from? Because we're located in Spokane County, we have a partnership with the Spokane County Board of County Commissioners and, and you know we and all of the departments that they oversee. And in 1991, there was legislation written uh, that would allow county boards like that, like our Board of County Commissioners, to authorize what was back then called an assessment. It's much different than a tax, but it, it's an assessment. It's a property uh, assessment. So if you have a tax or a tax levy, that would increase every year with your property value. An assessment does not. It's a flat rate. And so ours was at $5 uh, when it was initiated. And so that provided us with just under a million dollars a year for funding uh, over the years. That was, again, enacted in 1991, and we held that until this year. Wow. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of change that has happened over yes. those, over the years. Yes. So this last year, I did spend some time, and I worked uh, with all of our city, town councils. I went to every single town council meeting last year <laughs> in about a 12-week period and met with them. And I also worked with the uh, Board of County Commissioners and um, just let them know, you know, who we were, where we were with um, our programming and everything that we provide to our citizenry. And our Board of County Commissioners approved us for an increase, an increase that, you know, that we hadn't had in 18 years and we were actually commended for that um, by one of our county commissioners that um, we were n- nobody goes 18 years without asking for an increase so we were we were very proud of that actually that we were able to do that we're good stewards of the public's money I will say that and so that's that's a kind of a baseline for us and then on top of that it is the revenue that we generate through our own programs like our tree sale program and some of the the bigger events that we hold um, the farm and food expo that's hold, held in the fall and uh, our tree and landscape conference we have a number of you know pretty significantly sized events that we do that are revenue generators for us and then on top of that it is grants baby grants i mean um and we have truly an award-winning staff that can write grants and those can come from this is one of those things where we get to wear both shoes public and private so those can be private grants or they can be state and federal grants so we look at all those sources and look at what our our resource needs are and then we look for the money sources um, and and write the grants that will follow that. That's awesome. Um, so you touched on the annual tree sale yeah. a little bit, mm-hmm. but so I'd love to talk about um, this year. I know it was your biggest tree sale to date, and um, I know that you also had to really maneuver with all of the regulations and everything regarding COVID. So how did how did it go this year, and how has it been going? Well. 
that that was definitely what we call the corona coaster of, <laughs> of tree sales. Uh, it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. And in the end, we had such an overwhelming response, almost demand from our customers to hold that tree sale. So we found a way to make that a contact-free drive-through process, and it worked amazingly well so well many people as they drove through said you should do this again next year i don't know if we'll do that or not but we'll see um so our tree sale has been one of our mainstay programs since 1974 that's how long that has been in place oh my goodness and uh each year we put out about 90,000 seedlings and this year was our biggest year i I think we went over, you will know this better than I, I think we were over a thousand orders or right at a thousand orders, which is almost double um, what we've seen in the past. So that word is definitely out. And the way that the tree cell hit this year with the COVID crisis, right, that people were looking for a way to get outside and to do something. And, you know, that was right at that very beginning when we were all under quarantine. And and so, and if you remember that this year, the tree cell week was, it was beautiful. It was like some of the first sunshine we'd seen and people were just really anxious to be outside. So the letters of um, thanks and support that we got, the emails from people afterward were, um, it's what makes it worth it. It's what makes you want to do things for, you know, like that to, yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah, we had to definitely change the way we do things. We scrambled a bit, had to pull things together at the last minute. But the the reward is how grateful people were, the people of Spokane. It was awesome. It was really cool. It was awesome. And I have to say that it was just so great to see our team just really connect over it and make it work and support each other through it. Because yeah, it was it was definitely a curveball. But we got through it. And it was great. Well, normally we do that with a lot of volunteers. We have um, master gardeners that come over and help us out. And we have other volunteers that come in. And we normally have just this mass of people helping us uh, to you know, to repackage all of those seedlings. Those seedlings come in in huge bags and bundles and boxes, and they have to be sorted out one by one into those orders. All ninety thousand. Yes. Holy moly. Yes, and then don't forget, then everything has to be packaged up for the surplus sale too, which is the trees that weren't pre-ordered. So, knowing that the restrictions that we were under we couldn't have any of our volunteers we didn't have our master gardeners we had our staff and that was it and we ran in shifts and those people that were out there packing worked their tails off to get that done in a timely way that we could hold the cell it was it was nothing short of a miracle honestly (laughs) that that all happened the way it did and then you know just um moving past that the the um, surplus stuff. Um, we didn't get to ha- we didn't get that part of the sale this year. Um, we because we couldn't allow the public in. So if anybody's interested or worried, those little seedlings are in a nursery. Uh, they're growing and they're thriving, and they'll they're actually over at our new property at Eighth Avenue. And hopefully, we'll be able to either use them on the property itself or offer them as a little bit bigger stock in the future years for some of our uh, repeat customers. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, we're not talking about, um, you know, 20 or 30 surplus trees. We were no. talking about 4,000. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000. 
little seedlings that needed to get planted. How did that, how did we get that done? Well, uh, it happened that at the time there was an Eagle Scout, what do they call them right before they're an Eagle Scout um, yeah. candidate? Because they're oh. not an Eagle Scout until they finish their project, I think is the way that works. So he was a Boy Scout, or is that right? Boy Scout, right? And then, um, and he was going for his Eagle Scout merit badge. And then he becomes an Eagle Scout. Anyway, he needed a project. And so uh, we talked to him about this forest nursery that we have and the planting of those seedlings. And it, that was just uh, the cool thing. And he ended up being over there for a week with his family. And they they made that happen. It was amazing. That is just incredible. I went over and took pictures of it. It was a really cool family and just a great project. And they our little trees are they are thriving. I've been over there a couple times to check on them and just take more pictures. Yeah, and we'll make sure to get those pictures up on our Instagram page too, so you can see it because it is pretty unbelievable. We should have like an adopt a tree little program oh I love that (laughs) that would oh I think that would just fly I mean just knowing our tree sale customers they would love that so you just talked about a new property so um what is on the horizon for the Spokane Conservation District well we have some big things happening so uh a few years ago and I I get things mixed up here but I think in 2017 um, I looked at a piece of property that's just south of where we are right now on uh, the corner of 8th and Havana and it's um, it was the old Spokane Rocks product site if folks are familiar with that prior to that it was a, a rock quarry and it was used for mining gravels out you know to be used in in concrete and all kinds of other road production and uh, anyway, I looked at this site because um, there was a building back there, and uh, we uh, our lease is up on our building in the very near future, and we're going to need a new home. And so I, I looked at this. What I didn't realize at the time was when you enter that gate of that property, it's not just that building that you can see from the road. It's 50 acres of this incredible property um, that, yes, does have a history. Yes, it has scars from um, its industrial use. But there's so much there still, and there's so much uh, beauty to it. And we are a conservation district, and everything that we're about in the way of restoration and redevelopment and revitalization and every RE word I can think of, regeneration, <laughs> and uh, everything uh, that we do is on that property. Everything that we want to demonstrate to the public is available to do there. Everything that we need in as far as uh, space and being able to do some of our outdoor education is all there and at the same time this is a piece of property that desperately needed somebody to care for it um, everything is being swooped up right now for uh, development of you know more more apartments more stores whatever I'm not against development at all but there are certain areas that I think lend better to that than others and this was certainly one that I really felt passionately about that needed us and this was one of those okay this might be a crazy idea Um, but I ran it through a couple people that I I truly trust and care about 
And they were like, no, this you're, you're on to something here. So I took it to the board of supervisors here at the Spokane Conservation District. And they're the decision makers and the policy makers for us. And they're a body of five. And they loved it overwhelmingly, uh, without hesitation, loved this idea. So we've been working on this project um, in the way of cleanup and restoration for the last three years. Uh, There was a tremendous amount of just flat out cleaning up garbage that had been left there from, again, its former uses, as well as removal of old equipment that had been there from the asphalt plant and just all sorts of things that needed to be taken care of. So we've done that, put in the forest nursery where all the little babies are right now. And uh, just in the last couple of weeks, Hillary, we have uh, started breaking ground for a new home for the Spokane Conservation District. So that's really exciting. Yeah. And it's really a multi-phased deal because this is something that um, is so vast, the the project itself. There's so much to do that we'll have to do it in in phases. So we're looking at it over a 10-year period and kind of five phases, if you will. But ultimately, what my hope and dream is for this is to be a place for the community where they can come to learn more about Spokane, about its resources, about its its history, and how even though that was a mine, uh, you know, a gravel uh, quarry, and even though it had this industrial past, those things all played into who we are and what we enjoy today. It offers all of that, and I want people to experience that. I want young people to come there, and so one of the things I hope that we are able to do is provide a trail system through there that people can come and be with their family and look around and see things. I have this bigger vision of someday hosting you know, an outdoor public market there where families can come and food trucks and music and, you know, something like that. Something really cool for the community. Um, again, we'll have demonstration sites. There's there's already um, some small wetlands and ecology ponds on site that we want to keep those and make sure that people understand the importance of those. There's so much wildlife on that property. It's amazing to me. And the more pressure that is on the, you know, the areas around it, because it is in a very residential area, And at one time, to the east of it, there were some, you know, there was a little bit of relief from that, but not anymore. That's all been bought up, and it's all being developed. And so those those animals have to have somewhere to go, Mm -hmm. and they're finding refuge on our property because they are definitely there. So we'll be that for them. Well, as long as they don't eat all our trees. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, it has been really exciting to just see this project been move along and how many years in the making is this like i said i think we're three years in now because the first year was uh we spent just uh just acquiring it getting to know it um doing the inventory looking around uh starting to do some of the planning and you know just the scheming and dreaming of what could be and then it took you know another year of um, looking at permits and things like that and just what did we have we had to really figure out what do we have here and best sites for for different you know what the different things that we want to do over there whether it's you know building site or a demonstration site or trail sites what recreational opportunities are there so we did that and then of course there's the how are you going to fund this thing you know 
So we had to look at that. We do have, as I mentioned earlier, there is a building on site. And originally, we had hoped that that was going to be our new home. That was really the idea behind it. And it turned out that that building was just not an adequate uh, size or layout for us in the end. And there's really no, there was just no way to to make that happen affordably anyway and so that's rented out we have a wonderful partner over there that wants to be there long term the last year has been spent putting together some ideas and some thoughts and some plans and that's where we are today and yeah we're excited we're there we're actually there now well, and it's been great just even as an employee to see all of the restorative projects that you've done. I know that we have some furry uh, friends of ours over <laughs> there doing some holistic weed management yes. with some rotational grazing. And, yes. you know, that is just fascinating to me. I think that, you know, we've been taught for so many years, I'll just throw a pesticide on it or, you know, yeah. try and bulldoze it up and to just be open and open our minds to these holistic ways of rebuilding soil and regenerating the planet is just amazing. Absolutely. And you're right. Those are our goats for <laughs> our listeners that maybe didn't catch on to that. We have um, we have a crew and this is their second season out there. They are hard workers and they do take care of a lot of the weed control for us over there. And last year we, you know, we were able to get away from all spraying. So we're hoping to be able to do that again this year. And yes, I did you hear the story last year when the goats got out? Actually, you did. I did just because my friend yes. lived on that block. Oh my gosh! That <laughs> so was... I actually got some pictures and yes. videos. Yes. So the, the, tell the, our listeners the, the goat the goats got out, um, and somebody posted it like on Instagram or something, and you saw that it was my friend yeah, that posted it because right, she lived right there. Right. Right. <laughs> well, it was Labor Day weekend, and so the folks that are normally you know that would be called for that were out of town, and then. I get this weird phone call from one of our employees. Uh, hey, Vic, uh, we got a problem. The goats literally got called in, like to the police. And oh my so, gosh! <laughs> I'm sure they're running, you know, in these neighborhoods, and people don't know what to do with them. Anyway, long story short, um, I and a couple other employees were out wrangling goats at you know, from 8.30 till 10 o'clock at night trying to get them back in. It was actually very funny, but... A little goat parade right. for the community. Right, right. We had, yeah, we had our little a little escape artist that night. It was funny. So uh-huh. hopefully that won't happen this year. So you, yeah. have, you, have, you have goats on the property? Yeah. Like you didn't... Eight just of them. Gate, they're, you just like fenced off? Like the whole yes. property? Well, no, they're, they're in paddocks, so they're moved. Oh. So we have areas that we want them to graze in. So those areas that have weeds that you know we need to take care of we move them so they're moved oh I don't know probably every week or every you know 10 days something like that I see I, when you said furry friends I was like thinking deer like deer just like we have those like, too yeah right <laughs> yeah that's awesome no there it's it's a cool program it's called healing hooves and uh, you basically rent them and you bring them onto their property it's a great program for small landowners that have weed issues mm. as long as they can you know put up the the fencing to keep them in and you just use temporary electric fencing and you keep them in and make sure they have water and a little bit of shelter. They're good to go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Brennan, just just ditch your lawnmower and, Th- that's and get I'm, a goat. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think my I think my twins would really like to yeah, have these goats. They would love that. <laughs> they are definitely um, 
there's people in the neighborhood that just absolutely love them and adore them and and people that call us and want to go up there just to see the goats it's funny people have such a fascination with goats it's really funny well they're so cute they are cute (laughs) they are i agree Stay tuned for more Rocks to Roots right after this. Summer and hot temperatures mean it's wildfire season. Don't wait until you see smoke in the air to prepare and educate your family, friends, and neighbors about techniques you can take to prevent catastrophic wildfire damage to your home and property by using FireWise principles. The Spokane Conservation District offers free FireWise risk assessments to Spokane County residents. You can schedule yours today by visiting sccd.org. A forester from the Spokane Conservation District will visit your property to evaluate your home's risk and provide you with a list of practical ways to reduce the threat of a wildfire. Take action and ownership in preparing and protecting your home against the threat of a wildfire by booking your free FireWise risk assessment today. Yep, you heard me. Free FireWise risk assessment. All you have to do is go to sccd.org to sign up today. Looking for something to do after work or on the weekends? Well, grab your friends and family and head out to the South Spokane Farm Corridor. The South Spokane Farm Corridor is a collection of 14 farms that have a wide variety of farm fresh products to offer located south of I-90 along the Palouse Highway, headed towards Valley Ford and Spangle. You can pick up anything from organic produce to farm fresh eggs, honey, meat products, and even fresh cut flowers. It's sure to be a fun day filled with learning about today's food and farming culture. Get to know your local farmers and gain a better understanding of the quality of food you're consuming. Learn more about the partnering farms by visiting southspokanefarmcorridor.com or follow the South Spokane Farm Corridor on Facebook for weekly farm stand announcements and fresh sheets. So with this new property and also just with all of working with all the other departments, I know you touched on this um, at the beginning about how you have some great community partners. Um, So with the new building coming and just all the other projects that you're working on, who are some of those partners? Oh, yeah, well, I would be completely remiss if I didn't just start off with Numerica Credit Union. Uh, for a long time, you know, we were out there pitching our, our, our plan to a couple of different lenders, and they were all great to work with. They really were. Um, but in the end, uh, Numerica Credit Union came in and just swooped us up they were awesome from day one they got the vision they they saw it they are so excited about being involved in something that is community-based and is so different for Spokane when you think about what this property is going to afford the residents of Spokane it's not just about a building it's not in fact it very little of it has to do with the building of course we need a place to 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 be but it's about what it represents. And again, I, I go back to that revitalization and, and who we are, just our, the, you know, who we are as a conservation district and what that really means and how we can, how we can share that story with the Spokane County residents and citizenry. And so uh, 
it was interesting working with Numerica. The, the people there that listened to my presentation honestly seemed as passionate as I am. And the two gentlemen that I ended up that I work with most closely definitely are. I have a funny story because I, of course, take uh, whenever I have somebody that I was talking to about the property, I would take and give a tour, right? And and so I had taken these two gentlemen out that day uh, on a particular day, and and we went up into one section of the property, and it's there's a it's pretty native up there, you know. Um, there are some roads, but then some places there aren't some roads, and uh, I was. The goats were actually there that day. That's funny how this is tying together. But <laughs> So we started down this one trail, and I saw the fence. I was like, oh, dang, I can't go any further this way, so I'm going to have to back out of here. Well, you can't really back out as easily as I came in, so I made this little turn. Well, when I did that, I put one back wheel into this big deep hole that I didn't see <laughs> and I got stuck and I couldn't I literally could not get out I had a four-wheel drive too and I could not get out and so here's these two gentlemen that this was the first time I'd met them oh my gosh. and I have them in our rig and I was like oh my gosh I said okay so here's the deal you guys are gonna either have to get out and see if you can push or I'm gonna have to call one of the guys from the office <laughs> to come tow us out of here. And they're like, no, I think we can do it. I think we can do it. And they did. They were awesome. And they were laughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys, if they don't turn me down right now, then, you know, we're good. We're solid. <laughs> and it was funny. So anyway, yeah. Um, so we got stuck. And here we are. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> so awesome. that was definitely, um, I, I, I mean, Numerica Credit Union is definitely one that I want to highlight as far as, as far as a partner. Other partners on the project, uh, we have worked from day one with AHBL. There are civil lands or civil landscaping and engineering company. They really are the ones that have helped create the vision for what that property has, both in terms of the hydrology and the geology. That property is very unique, and that's another reason why I'm so excited to share it with Spokane. It's not just a piece of property with some trees on it. It has two major geologic formations on it that can really converge in the, the center of the property. It is a portal to our aquifer. It is um, hydrologically, it's very important to that Glen Rose watershed, and we need to be able to protect that and and to make sure that you know we're not doing anything in the way of development that would would hurt that or hinder that. So um, AHBL has been just been a fantastic partner. Uh, we've worked with them in the past at the Spokane Con- Conservation District on some other projects that we've done and, and just had a, a wonderful partnership for years. And then um, through them, they introduced Integris Architecture, who really provided um, a huge vision uh, for uh, – they really listened to who we are and got to know us as a conservation district and was able then to put that into a vision for what a building could look like and the grounds uh, around it, honoring the past of what that uh, property was with, you know, being a rock quarry and industrial usage, as well as our past of, you know, our and, and still our presence, but of being um, agriculturally uh, rooted in agriculture and 
soil health and water and they just put that all together like little puzzle pieces and just made it all fit together so beautifully so they're just they've been incredible and then we of course have had to go out for a a big bid process that's what this is the part where okay now we have to shift back over to that public sector so we don't get to act like a a private you know a private business so we had to go back under the state guidelines for public bids so we had to go back out to the bid process which we did and we found a new partner Kilgore Construction they they won the bid on this and they too have just really captured the vision for it and they're I, I feel like they're treating this as if it was their own building or their own even their own money and you know in some ways it is their own and I've asked them to consider it that way uh, because they are this the residents and citizens of Spokane County so anyway so they're all fantastic partners we have other partners though Hillary um, that we work with uh, day in and day out that are so important to to all of us um, the the Washington Department of Natural Resources. We work with them extensively in our FireWise stuff and the programs that we bring to our landowners in in, in forestry health. We work with, uh, I already mentioned, the numerous departments in the Spokane County, um, but also folks like the Lands Council. We're working on a new project with them out at Newman Lake that's going to be really exciting and helping those folks out there with some water quality issues that they're having and um, that's you know a, a partner that we've had on, on other projects for years. The Inland Northwest Land Conservancy is one that we work with continually on farmland preservation and and um, easements, those sorts of things that are important about keeping keep keeping certain lands as they are and out of the way of development, perhaps. So we we really love working with them on some great projects too. And then um, we have other, um, you know, we, we do work on, um, again, being that liaison for the landowner if they have been contacted by a regulatory agency. So the Washington Department of um, Ecology, they're mandated to look at water quality issues. That's what they do and air quality issues. And so when that happens, that's where we get to step in and help the landowner and try to be a resource for them. All the while, um, we we do consider uh, DOE as a partner in the funding side of things. So they're often given money through the state legislature that we don't have access to, but we gain access to it th- through our landowners to be able to say, okay, well, we can put this project on your land, you know, and, and be able to fund it this way. So lots and lots of really cool partnerships that we have forged and and you know, that we've created too. Wow. Well, it's just, it's incredible the amount of work and all of the projects that you guys have going on and all of the different departments and um, all of the partnerships and everything. And remind me again, how long have you been here, Vicki? Oh, uh, let's see, 29 and a half years. (laughs) I started when I was 26. Oh my gosh. I know. That is incredible. So Mm -hmm. out of all of those years, what would you say is has been your proudest moment working here? Oh my gosh. Oh, that is such a hard question. Um, there's so many, there's just so when you when you've been with some you know a company or something for so long, there's just so many. Um, but I took over as the director of the Spokane Conservation District in 2011. So that was you know monumental for me. That was certainly a memorable moment. But in 2014 and 15, 
Um, I worked with uh, two of my colleagues, Pat Munts from WSU Extension and Wendy Knopp from Northwest Farm Credit Services. And Wendy actually now serves as a board member for the Conservation District. And together we uh, launched Vets on the Farm. And that's a, a program for veterans transitioning out of their military careers and helping them uh, maybe transition into agriculture, uh, farming, ranching, and conservation-related careers. And that uh, doing that has impacted my life hugely. Um, I, I do lots of presentations around the state and even nationally talking about that because I come from such a large military family, and yet I, you know, in the work that I do with um, the conservation district, having that agricultural background I've been able to marry these two groups of people that are my favorite people the farmers and the veterans and and really be able to bring those two together so for me that's that's definitely one that will be a highlight of my career and and seeing seeing the people that have come through the program and the successes that they've had and we have a learning farm and like we call it an incubator farm up on the old Palouse highway uh, we have a farm stand we have a farm truck and um, just seeing the you know the joy that's in those the men's and women's lives now um, and seeing the camaraderie that they have serving again really it, it really is about serving again and finding that next mission it's it's um, it's amazing. It, it really is. So definitely will be a highlight. Um, obviously the, the new, uh, property and everything that's, you know, coming forward with that, I'm sure will be one of those career highlights for me when I decide to retire. Um, but I, I definitely, um, am proud of the fact that, you know what I'm really proud of? I'm proud. I'm proud of, that not just that these are programs, but that there's such a vision um, with our board and staff. So I can bring an idea or, or a staff can bring an idea and our board is so responsive. It's amazing and they're such great people. But that's what I'm really proud of is how we come together and collectively make these things happen. And that's, I mean, that truly is what brings me such great joy. And, and why, and that is why I have been here 29 and a half years. It is for that reason. It's the people. Well, and I can speak that to that too, that just being an employee, yeah, the feelings that you get in the work that you do, it, it's contagious and you get, it is something that you will always be proud of and those are some really great moments to be proud of and we are excited because we are actually going to be talking with vets on the farm oh, next good. episode so we're oh, going to be bringing awesome. them in and we'll uh listeners will get to know a little bit more about that program are you bringing in both uh managers Dwayne oh and yes oh my gosh we have okay. to have both of them together right. well be prepared it'll be a comedy show <laughs> <laughs> We're excited for it. They're, they're awesome. They work so well together. And they didn't know each other prior to this. They'd never never met. They met at the farm. And those two are all, honestly, they're like twins. They're like, not in physically twins. They are. They just play off each other. They're hilarious. You'll love them. They're going to be great. We are so excited for that. So what is one common myth that you'd like to debunk about conservation districts if there is one out there? Well, there's definitely uh, 
there's definitely one that I think um, I would love to have go away. <laughs> and that that one is about um, the, the whole regulatory thing that, you know, we're not enforcement. We're not out there to um, to do anything that they're not interested in doing on their land. We're there to encourage, to help, to find resources for, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not we're not out there in any kind of a regulatory capacity, and we do get lumped in with that. Uh, I think that's probably been one of our biggest battles over the years, and I hope we're starting to break that down again more and more through social media. That's definitely helping a lot, um, and also just the number of programs that we have. Every time we put another program out there and a landowner uses it, that landowner tells their neighbor, and they tell their neighbor, and you know the whole thing. Uh, so that that is happening, and we're seeing that. But it has been it has been a little troublesome in the past, where we got lumped in with some other um, entities. And you know, those by the way, those entities they have a mandate. That is what they are tasked to do. But that's not what ours is. Ours is to take resources available and be able to help landowners put that on the ground. Wow. Well, this all is great, and we hope to, um, you know, help debunk maybe some of these myths as they come along with the podcast as well. And um, I also hope that all of our listeners are really learning just how important conservation districts are and all the great work that they can be involved in. So for anybody who would be interested in getting involved with conservation, how would you recommend that they go about that? Well, certainly volunteering is a great way to start, and there's always projects going on. Now, I do have to say, under COVID, a lot of that has been restricted, and I understand that. But uh, volunteer, uh, we have so many fun projects to volunteer on. We have a Willow Warrior Weekend. Uh, I think it's in its like ninth year where we rent canoes and we own a couple of canoes here at the Conservation District. And folks go out as volunteers and they plant willows on Hangman Creek. And that is a very, very effective program for helping stabilize the, the stream bank. And it's also that community building thing, right? And it's just so cool. And we ha- we usually have a really, really good turnout. And unfortunately, we had that was one of the events we had to cancel this year too. So that that's a good way. So volunteering there, certainly up at the farm, we always could use volunteers up there. But we hold a monthly board meeting that is open to the public. We encourage people to come there. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I know those are your lines, but it's true. <laughs> it um, is true. Those yeah. are ways to get involved because um, of the information that's being put out there. You can just learn more about the Spokane Conservation District and others as well. Um, there's there's history on there. There's you know quick facts about conservation. There's uh, upcoming workshops and events that people might be interested in. And then attending some of our um, some of our events. It's another fantastic way, right, to meet like-minded people, or or maybe not even like-minded people, but folks that just want more um, more information. We have um, our Farm and Food Expo. I know we had to cancel it this year. Um, I'm sure everybody's so tired of hearing we have to cancel it this year. But Farm and Food Expo. We have our 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 huge inland uh, tree conference. We've, you know, the numerous workshops that we do. So hang tight, folks. Don't worry. We'll be back in the public eye very soon. 
And then we'll have all kinds of fun new opportunities over at the new property. We are very excited for that. Has there ever been something that happened with a landowner from a program that you didn't quite expect to come from it? One that I, that comes to mind, I think, is kind of when you talked earlier about removing barriers. So uh, years ago, we had a landowner that was contacted by a regulatory agency and and told that they had to do some, you know, they had this issue on their property and they had to take care of it. And so we reached out and said, we're here to help, you know, be, if you'd like to meet with us. And he agreed to meet with us, um, but he didn't understand who we were. And he most certainly thought that we were just another part of the, that same, you know, entity. And so um, he made a comment, something about, out of all of the, how did he put it? Something like, out of all of the, the people that he had to talk to, I was the least prickly one. <laughs> and so it was funny because when I finally was able to talk to him enough that he understood who we were and how we were here to help, it changed everything for him. And to this day, I consider him a dear friend. And he brought me a cactus when you're on my birthday that's oh. still in my office because I'm the least prickly one. Yeah, it was really cute. And I mean, he, he remembers me on my birthday every year. He's, it's just so sweet. And so, yeah, I mean, I love to have stories like that, you know, that we, we I definitely know that we've changed his mind about uh, conservation and about who we are and about what he can do on his property. And in the, you know, in the end, I made a, a great friend too. Oh, that's awesome. So if you could design a billboard and amount of money is no limit oh. about the Spokane Conservation District, what would it look like and what would it say and why? Oh my goodness. This, you know, I love doing these little art projects. You know that. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> you should you could definitely be an art designer for sure. Um I I have I have a couple ideas. Some of them we've already talked about, you know, we've talked about from the backyard to the back 40 because I just think that that's really catchy and it's just got that little ring to it that people can identify with. Another one that I actually put on a t-shirt, Brennan, <laughs> I know you're in the t-shirt business, um, that I put on a t-shirt a few years ago. I'm very passionate about farmland preservation. So this isn't really for, well, it is for Spokane Conservation District, but it, I'm not talking about the billboard for them necessarily, but it was um, pavement is the end of the road. And <clears throat> what's meant by that is once we pave over that farmland, I mean, their soils are classified, right? classified into categories and so there's prime farm soils and then you know and as the soil becomes less and less farmable then those are less and less you know graded right so as we continue to pave over our farmland we got to start thinking about how we're going to feed ourselves when that farmland is gone pavement's the end of the road folks so anyway that was one but um kind of thinking about the conservation district and what I hope we are able to do with this podcast and just the future of the conservation district and reaching out with those roots to those, you know, that, that newer generation that I, I want, really want to get involved in this. Um, and looking at 
there's also, you know, looking at the climate crisis that we're facing, uh, whether people believe it's real or not, uh, the Earth's heating up. Um, Mm -hmm. So how about this one? How about conservation is cool? Oh, I love it. (laughs) And then you think about... You think about like trees and how they shade. They provide shade. Trees on a riparian stretch provides shade for the water, which helps protect the fish, right? Um, so uh, cooler waters are definitely something that we need just environmentally. You know, um, trees are good no matter what. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking, what if we just had something like conservation is cool, I love it. Lamar, give this lady a billboard right (laughs) now for free. (laughs) I'd love to have a billboard of the week. Like each week I could just throw something new up there. Oh, you would would kill it. I just know that all of your art design and all of your great, you know, little quotes and sayings would be perfect up there. So um, maybe that'll be my next job, Hillary. (laughs) <laughs> Designing billboards and shirts yeah, and right. stickers. Oh, oh man, the list could go on. Can and I have on a job, Brennan? Yeah, <laughs> when uh, I retire, you can. Okay. I'll give you. The, I I have the authority to do that. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, how have you really seen Spokane County change over the years, mm. and what is your hope for the future for Spokane County? I have seen it change. I don't think we like to admit that sometimes because what we, you know, maybe have come here for, like, again, I moved here in 1986, and so much of it is the same for me. I mean, it has the same feel, but when you see the tra- the change in traffic and then areas of development and places that, you know, were farm ground that are now gone, those types of things start to get a little bit scary and it's like oh my gosh it feels like a little bit of a closing in and again I'm not against development I don't want that out there at all Um, but I think we've got to really watch where we're going with that Um, when you see you know housing putting in in places and and huge forested areas that are being taken out in order to do that I think we need to be looking at what are the long-term repercussions of that and is there a better place that we can put a unit of houses you know so some of the changes that I've seen is just the growth I mean just simply the growth the number of people uh, hey folks the secrets out Spokane's a great place and um, for a long time our our housing was really affordable I think it's catching up with the rest of the world but for a long time it was super affordable um, but I think words out on that too so um it's, it's the, the growth and the change that we've experienced in, um, in again, I'll go back to the 1.1 million acres of land that we've had. How much has that uh, changed in 30 years significantly? We've lost, I used to have the statistics on this. I'll try to pull it together here really quick. But um, just in a 10-year period, we lost over 100,000 acres of farmable ground <clears throat> in a 10-year period. It's significant. We can't keep going like that. Oh, That's wow. unsustainable. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think those are, you know, some of the big changes. But, uh, you know, on the bright side, we're seeing people that are interested. On the bright side, we've also seen, or I've seen, uh, people that are getting more and more interested in their community and in uh, things like conservation and um, being able to pick up that ball and run with it you know that's what I I hope to see more of and that's really the whole idea behind 
uh, inviting people to the property is getting them excited about this and knowing that they are part of the solution to the in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we have talked about some pretty incredible things related to the Spokane Conservation District, and I know that our listeners are just on the other, you know, side of the speaker, going, "Wow, Vicki Carter, she's um, pretty admirable." Oh pretty yeah. S- <laughs> no, really. So we like to do a little bit of some rapid fire at the end of our episode so that, you know, people can get a little bit more of a feel of your personality and what you like. So are you are you down for this? Should I be scared? No, you should not be scared. It's going to be it's going to be great. But you're you're down. Okay. All right. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. No question. What's your favorite movie? Thelma and Louise. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Just watched it, too, recently. Oh, nice. In fact, can I add something to that really Yes. Quick? My 13-year-old granddaughter wants to go on a Thelma and Louise trip, and I was like, honey, do you know how it ends? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, gosh. Uh, superpower, the ability to see into the future. Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Oh, Rolling Stones all the way, baby. Conservation rocks. <laughs> Summer or fall? Oh, those are my two faves. I have to pick one of those. If you could only live in one season. Oh, I'd probably have to say fall. I love summer so much, but I do love fall. Water skiing or golf? I've done both, and I have to go with golf. I'm in a new phase of my life, so water skiing really doesn't have a place anymore (laughs) when you're my age. But uh, golf is a nice, relaxing way to get really frustrated and super disappointed in yourself. So going with golf. I just started picking up golf, too, and you are exactly right with that. (laughs) I still love it, though. It's crazy. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for joining us on Rocks to Roots. Um, we will make you proud with this podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. And You've already made me proud. We're excited to, um, yeah, just learn more about the Spokane Conservation District throughout this whole um, process and talk to all of the different department managers and also the landowners that we've been working with. Yes. So. They're the real storytellers. That's yeah. that's what I'm excited about. I mean, we have great programs, and, and certainly the landowners that will come in will be able to, you know, attest to that. But they are the storytellers. They're the ones that live and work the land every day. Yes, and, and we are very excited to talk to them and um, just make them well-known as well. So thank you so much for being here. For those of you that want to learn more about the Spokane Conservation District, you can read up on programs and the different departments on their website, sccd.org. And also, yes, please follow us, um, the Spokane Conservation District, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We even just got a Flickr account if you'd like to take a look at some of the photos of the different projects we've been doing. Um, but again, thanks, Vicki, and um, thank, you. thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Hillary. Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. 
Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov. Want to learn more about the Spokane Conservation District? Well, visit their website, sccd.org, and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There, you will learn more about their various programs and departments and what they're working on right now.